0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: What did you show
2: All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one god to show me how to do things. His son did pure, like a cup of virgin blood. Mix with 151, one sip, I make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who so I'm going body this hood, politics acknowledging, Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One I duck, could it be, my time is up With my love, I got up The cops shot again, bust stop glass bursts. a fiend, drops a Heineken Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in Blacking out, I shoot back Fuck getting hit, this is my hood I'm a rat, to the death of it, to everybody Come on, little niggas is grown. Hood rats, don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon Shit from the stars, sun and the moon And it's like a police chase street sweepers and coppers Sick of kids with no conscience Leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die what knives out, this is what knives about, Niggas, the time is yeah, there. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. All I need is one mic, All I need is
3: one mic, one mic. All I need is one mic, all I need, niggas. All I need is one mic. All powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, black power to black people. And your brother um, and chairman, brother and host, National Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination, coming to you again, today again on another Tuesday. On another Tuesday, drop us a political education. You know my philosophy. Collectively, there's nothing we can't accomplish. Individual, individuality and separation spells out our certain doom and destruction. Man, we, you know what? Of, we have, a, if, if nothing to say the least, we have an interesting show. You know, a show that I think that is really going to cause us to really start to look at our position as African people here in America, and the um, and and the level of tolerance to us, or interaction with other ethnicities, or our place, or how these other ethnicities see us. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up. Hunting. Keeping up with um, keeping up with the news, but they had four, three bombings in Austin, Texas. Someone was taking packages and then placing them on the porch like they were UPS packages, and they were bombs. I think that two people were killed, two African-American males were killed, and a, um, a Latino lady, a Mexican lady was injured. I mean, it got me to thinking, you know, what is – What what fosters this type of hatred towards an African people? What is it that African people have done that would encourage such violent behavior? You know, and you have some people say, well, you know, that's their nature, that they're violent by nature, that they're bestial people, they're savage people by nature. You know, and I was watching this documentary, and it was on the Ku Klux Klan, and they were interviewing these two these two brothers out of South Carolina who had went to a um, Klan protest, and they and they raised a good question. They said, "What is it that they want? You know, what what is it that they? I mean, you know, and this is a good question because when you ask, when you talk about, uh, especially and particularly the white man in America, what is it that he's looking for? I mean, everything from what's apparent in their favor, so what is it that they want from us? Our complete and total demise, our destruction, our death, and end to us? What is it that these white supremacists and these hate groups want, and why, um, you know, resort to violence or direct violence towards us? And those are some of the questions to think about. And then, you know, a question realistically, a real question, how should we be reacting to this? So we feel to that The day of You know Some of the sentiment is The day of the civil rights Is over with The day The Mahatma Gandhi philosophy Of nonviolence, Passive resistance Turn the other cheek um, You know Forgive your neighbor A million times Are done When you have Violence being perpetrated And not just From the state You know State repression Is one thing But now when you have Civil Violence People Civilians directing violence towards you, hate groups directing violence towards you based on no other reason than your ethnicity. How is we as African people, how should we react to that? How should we feel about that? You know, I know this goes over, and what's sad about it is we have been so, we've become so immune to violence. You know, violence has become such a part of our existence as African people that even when violence is perpetrated against us from other people, there is no reaction. There's no sense of injustice. There's no sense of, you know, um, solidarity to the extent that we're saying, okay, you know what? Yeah, we F each other up. I mean, we go at one another like you wouldn't believe. But I'd be damned if we're going to sit back and allow other people to come at us and destroy us while we watch, while we look on. At some point in time, the African has to see that enough is enough. We have to draw a line in the sand. We have to say that at the very least, we're going to unify on these principles. And that principle, if nothing else, should be to guarantee your continuation, to guarantee your survival. Now we're talking about a matter of life and death, not just some hobby, not just materialism, not just a car, a home, anything like that, or perceived um, insults name calling, or you call me a nigger. I mean, we're talking about your very existence. And what's frightening is that one of the people injured, or uh, if if not killed, I believe he, he may he may have been killed, was a seventeen year old African American. They say African American, the description they use, but I say African male that went out to check the package. So your children aren't safe. This is reminiscent of the four little girls in Birmingham in the in the Alabama bombing. They don't they are no respecters of life, even of children. So when do we start to wake up and start to take measures to defend ourselves? And every defense the defense is physical, but every defense isn't just a physical defense. You know, when do you this is what I'm talking about. When you say, Well, what do you mean every defense defense isn't Physical. Now, I'm not saying we rely on the state to do anything for us, and we sure don't believe the state has our best interests in heart enough to protect us, but you have to be such a vestment with the state or with you know any people that it's in their best interest to put stiff penalties. Man, people are more afraid to strike a homosexual and call them faggot than they are to come at you because the homosexual has uh, galvanized and organized itself enough, its community enough that if they don't like a law or a policy or if they feel they're being unfairly treated or targeted, then they unify and pull together and it, it it creates such a discomfort. At the, you know at, at 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 least at the very least because of the discomfort, sometimes it's downright economic sanction and boycott that it hurts a city or a um, state. You know, I've seen it where they've made the governor come back on some bills that Congress was talking about the or the Georgia legislation was talking about putting into play. And I've seen uh, Governor Purdue come back on that based on the economic and political clout. Of the homicide, the LGBTQ community. So, at what point of time does you know the legislation and the powers that be begin to see that if they don't create something that is a deterrent from um, people coming out and and specifically targeting us for for harm for our destruction? that it will not be good for the state. And that's not a physical threat. I'm talking about political, economical, social culture, and all other ways. I'm sorry, it's not just a physical threat. We have to elevate our struggle to the past because they're not afraid of us physically. In fact, if you ask me, I think that this was the intention of some of these sickos, these wackos, these so-called white supremacists, in bombing. And, and placing these bombs was to ignite or spark some type of so-called race war. Look at the young man that went into the church and killed the nine people when they were worshiping. He said, you know, when they talked to him, he said his thing was he wanted to start a race war. So I think that, you know, these bombs or some hillbillies, you know, that's what I like to call some hillbillies, some sicko, some poor white trash way of Trying to incite and antagonize the African community into some type of reactionary response against the white masses. Well, apparently, these people don't really do their homework because, you know, that ain't going to do it. Like I said, I think that we've become so desensitized to violence that we just shake our head. When we see it on the news, we shake our head, and we have been so steeped. Neo neocolonialism And adapting their attitude And their behavior And that, that ethic of individualism That we don't even see that as an attack On us as a people You know what I'm saying We don't realize that it's an attack On us as a people We see it as You know It's, it's just a news Something that happened in the news And so we have to begin to Um, Look at how these things relate to us and what is, and and like I said, to go back to what, you know, what climate has been created or what's the climate in America or what's the sentiment or the attitude in America amongst these people that would foster and nourish that type of attitude and behavior that you have some people that are willing to resort to violence. Listen, I don't care what they say. I don't care about the sensationalism that they like to run about the um, Black Panther Party or about the majority of our revolutionary, progressive, revolutionary African organizations here in America. When you study them historically, you will be hard-pressed to find. You will be hard-pressed to find any crimes perpetrated against other people. You know, you may have a a few little cults out there that did... A couple of things, but their doctrine being and their actions reflecting a doctrine of physical violence against any other ethnicity. The most organizations, at least the most progressive organizations or the more more renowned organizations, have been organizations of self-determination, independence, liberation, empowerment for African people here in America, separation, unity, upliftment, things of that nature. Not built on the destruction and the demise, the physical, uh, uh, mental, and spiritual destruction and demise of a people. Not doctrines that would... Agitate of people so much and inspire people to such violence, indiscriminate of violence against men, women, and children, to the degree it has these so-called white supremacist groups. And the state is hard pressed to label them as domestic terrorists, or to or to acknowledge exactly what they are, and that is a blight in humanity. The state won't recognize this because a lot of these so-called leaders of these groups are your politicians. Are your big wigs in society, and here's the funny part when we go back when I'm always talking about this accountable spending, you will find that a lot of the leaders of these groups are um corporation leaders and 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 we spent we might as well just you know what ask do they have a collection plate for the white supremacist movement and put our money in it and support the damn movement ourselves because we don't do accountable spending, and when you don't look at accountable spending, a lot of these corporations and so on and so forth. Are really um, are really owners and presidents or head people in these white white supremacists uh, white radical organizations, and we go day to day. You know, like none of this affects us directly. I know that effect affects us indirectly. The the uh, attitude and the sentiment of Africans here in America affects us directly, but. For those people that like to live in a la la land or pretend that it doesn't affect them, it affects you de- indirectly. Even when you're pulled over, when you're profiled, when you're pulled over, when you're followed in a store, when you're discriminated against for a loan, you know, or when your the the value of your neighborhood depreciates because you have an influx of African Americans coming in into your neighborhoods. So if you haven't personally felt the blatant racism, then you've been affected by it indirectly, just in the attitude over our attitude of America towards you because of the melanin in your skin. And there's no way around that. And once we realize that there is no way around that, that there is no escaping that reality that you are black, that you are an African, there is no escaping that reality, then realistically we will begin to be able to build around that reality. We will stop running from it like it is a, like it's the plague, like it's a blight, like it's a blemish or a mold, like it's some type of sickness or disease that if we could, we would inoculate ourselves from. And it's none of those things, you know, and once we acknowledge it is what it is, and in fact, not just that it is what it is, but from out of this substance, out of this black man and this black woman, um, generally Greatness has come. Civilizations have been birthed. Knowledge has been unearthed and shared and and has enlightened and bettered the world. We begin to understand the history that surrounds this awesome, beautiful, bronze and ebony skin that we're clothed in. And when we get to that point, then we will really begin to start to see the changes in the community because we will start to value ourselves. It's the lack of value that we have for self. I told you I was watching that documentary, and I was surprised at how these – ignorant and and they were, for the most part, the guys that they interviewed for the Klan were some ignorant, backwoods, hillbilly, uneducated – I mean, it was just – every stereotype that you've seen of the Ku Klux Klan, I think they fit it. They were Bubba. To their heart, I mean, they were some hillbillies you wouldn't believe. I could go into describing them, but you would think that I'm making it up. Really, they were that type. But I was surprised at how they had really bitten into the whole stereotype of the African in America. We were the dope dealers, we're the
4: gangbangers.
3: We don't, you know, we're misogynists. We don't like our women. Uh, uh, We kill one another. Just you know, the the things that we hear on a regular that they were espousing. They really believed in it. And from that, they were saying that the lack of worth that we have for ourselves, the lack of uh, self pride, just makes us just that worthless and expendable. They were saying, hell, if they don't love themselves, why should we love them? If they don't want to uplift themselves, why should we be spending our welfare money trying to help them and they don't want to help their damn self? They really have been into not taking into the whole social, the whole dynamic, the social and cultural dynamic of America the sentiment of America, not taking that in, but blaming us for the conditions that they have created, blaming us for the reactions to actions that they have taken against us. And once we realize, begin to realize that these are only over, these are only these hillbillies and rednecks that will openly admit to how they feel about the so-called Negro here in America, that these are the ones that will be open and honest about how they feel about darky, jungle money bunny, bunny and all these other funny little epithets that they have for us. That but that the whole that America is steeped, the founding of America, the very founding of America is steeped in white male supremacy, racism, discrimination, exploitation, oppression, murder, rape, kidnap, every crime. That if they were brought into a court of law, they would be de- District Attorney would uh, Appeal to the judge to offer the Death penalty The crimes that they're guilty of committing These once we realize That This is the very foundation This is the cement that America Was built on then we will start to understand The philosophy the Attitude the ideology of America and you can uh, Cover it you can smooth it Over you can put new clothing on it But the bone structure The skeletal structure, if you will, will remain the same. I don't care how much you cover it up or how well you try to clothe it or try to perfume it from the stench, the very stink of the sicknesses and perversities and atrocities that were inflicted upon African people and Native American people. I don't care how much you try to perfume it, it still stinks and you can still smell the rot and decay. And by the very fact that you can smell The rotten decay that every now and then A maggot will come out And this is what you will find in the three bombings You found maggots begin to Come out of the rotting corpse of America You you you, you find The uh, buzzards And the vultures circling Smelling the death and the decay Of America and, this is, and it's bringing out its worst It's bringing out some of its More unattractive elements And a lot of this is due to the current president And the environment that he's creating And the silent encouragement That he's giving these yahoos And these scallywags And these palliative bandits He's giving them silent approval Or approval in ways that would it Encourages this type of behavior By some of the policies And laws that he's trying to enact And some of the outright uh, Ludicrous statements That he's making towards all groups of uh, minorities and African people. And and, and our thing is we still want to believe. We want to believe that this is an isolated incident. We want to believe that only a select few think like that. All of them doesn't think like that. We want to believe that there's a few good ones out there. It's not a matter of we have to, they have taught us to look at things in the matter of, good and bad, it is a matter of survival for them. So it isn't a matter of these good. A white man will be a white man. A white woman will be a white woman.
0: And at the end of the day,
3: down to the very base core, the very base nature, it's gonna be about self preservation. You can't be upset with him for that. It's gonna be about self preservation. What we have a problem with is the way that you want to achieve your self preservation. Since you are a parasite, you have to have a host. And if that host is willing, if that host is blinded, if that host is ignorant and doesn't know that you're really parasitical, that you're not symbiotic, that there is no building, there is no benefit in being attached to you, there is no edification, there's no good, that my being attached to you can come from you because there's nothing you can offer. History bears witness that not only have you murdered, maimed, killed, and kidnapped, but that you have appropriated history, that you have stolen history, that you have plagiarized history. You don't have a history of your own. Your history is a history of being a culture vulture. And once we begin to understand this and understand it from a position that it isn't shameful, you know, from a position that it isn't isn't shameful. They get us we get in the, the position where they get you to thinking that having some type of uh that having some type of race pride that having some type of for who you are and wanting to see your race succeed and be successful is a crime. They will get you to think that nationalism and race unity and race solidarity is an evil. I heard a comedian once say talking about the Black Panther movie. Then the comedian said, look at them, the audacity. Look at them with an all-black movie. What if we got an all-white movie? <laughs> You see what I'm saying? The audacity. They, their arrogance and thinking that, you know, the fact that you had a movie with a predominant, it wasn't even all black. They, of course, had a white man in the movie. You know they're gonna going to keep one somewhere. I there you're getting two uppity. now. don't think they weren't going to have one in the movie that didn't contribute to the saving the world. You're getting up at it, you Negro. But the the fact that... You know, he would say that this is what we talk about, that they suffer. um, I'm not even going to say suffer. They don't look at it as suffering, but that they enjoy the benefits of white privilege and white entitlement. And when you begin to say that, as like we were talking about Black Lives Matter, you're not even allowed to say Black Lives Matter. When you say Black Lives Matter, not black lives are supremacists, are superior to other lives, not that only black lives should exist. None of these things, but simply, in the whole scheme of thing, as the world revolves and the earth turns and the sun rises and sets, that in that whole scheme of thing, black lives matter also. It's an inclusive statement. It says, air matters, water matters, earth matters, and black lives matter. And how dare you put out a statement that black lives matter? How dare you single yourself out for some type of special attention, especially attention that um, is causing uh, uh, examination of your plight. And African people in America, how dare you say that Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. This is what they tell you? Blue lives matter. All lives matter. Yeah, we we didn't say. That all lives matter The fact that we're living in such a time Where we have to reiterate the fact That we have lives And guess what, our lives matter to somebody And we're not even saying We're making the statement saying Our lives matter to us In essence, the sign should have read And the shirt should read Stop killing us It's a protest Against the injustices For justice Against the injustices Of the systematic and blatant uh, murders When police are killing an armed man And about the illegal lynchings That we suffer In the court systems So we're saying that our lives matter Our lives matter to our fathers And our mothers and our children And the people that depend on us and love us And rely on us And it's everyday thing So now Since we understand that our lives matter We must begin to come to terms And come to grips with real solutions We're making the world acknowledge that our life matters. This is one of the problems. So this encourages when we don't have the world to acknowledge our struggle is not just a civil rights struggle. Our struggle is a human rights struggle. And when you don't have the world acknowledging that your life matters, when you haven't made such a clamor, you haven't made a dent, when the scale of global revolution and change globally, when you're looking um, appealing to a global audience, to a world audience, to the masses of people, saying that your condition, don't be fooled or deceived by the so-called wealth or obsolescence of this country, but that they are inhabitants and so-called citizens of this country that are suffering, and suffering like you would see suffering in third world countries, suffering like you would see suffering in totalitarian dict- um, dictatorships. You know we're suffering. You have your people suffering to that extent, to that extent, and to that degree. So don't sleep on that. This is what we should be clamoring to the world, but the world is hands off because we have grown apathy. We've grown very apathetic. We have grown detached, like I said, desensitized, immune to the violence perpetrated against us, immune to the legal lynchings of the criminal uh, of, of a judicial system. That is not designed to have our best interests at heart, or not designed for a unbiased, just social system, um, or a criminal—you know—a criminal system, a judicial system that judges fair. We become immune to that. The only thing we'll make a comment now, you know, they gave Boo Boo a hundred years. You know, we won't even um, address the issue. So when you're not addressing the issue, the world, it doesn't give the world the opportunity to step in and to come to your aid or at least to cry in your defense. When we saw under the presidency of the Klerk in South Africa, the treatment of our brothers and sisters in South Africa, the treatment of apartheid, the unjust imprisonment of uh, uh, Mandela, and all the other atrocities that were taking place, we began to raise a clamor that the world heard, not just here in America, but all through the world. They cried about the inhuman treatment, inhumane treatment, now the injustice taking place over there, and and it put such pressure on them that they had to change. What pressure are we putting on our people? Our lives are being threatened, and not just threatened, our lives are being taken. Porch bombs, three of them, and they'll say uh, it's being investigated as a hate crime, and they come in to kick in our doors and come and get the so-called BIEs, the bars, the Black Identity Extremists. Never placed a bomb. Never did anything physical to hurt anyone. I don't even can't even recall a time where they have even really made any substantial threat. Against any institution or people res- representing any institution, but it is for the most part been to inspire and to uplift and to corral black men and black women to come together in African solidarity and unity to economically, socially, politically, culturally, to empower themselves, to begin to um, substantiate themselves Enough to where outside entities would think twice about targeting them from physical harm, economic exploitation, or any other type of thing that would hinder us. So, you know, these are things that we, these are some of the things that we have to begin to look at. So now we're there again back in a time where the African man and woman must fear for their safety. We're living back in that time. We're living in a time of nineteen sixty eight, Mississippi. You can't even go to the porch and open up and, and, and get your mail because you're being targeted for no other reason of the melon in your skin. And the best you can get out of a so called government is that uh the best you can get out of so called government is that it's a hate crime and they're investigating the hate crime. It's ridiculous. Let's go to our phone lines. Area code 470 Black Power, what's going on, brother? Chairman,
4: how you doing, brother?
3: I'm good, man. How about yourself,
4: man? I'm 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 agreeing with you, man. 100%. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's got to the point where you know, things like right now you got real deaths. You got folks, they getting, they, they getting real, they really getting killed on camera. You know what I'm saying? In the world, is...
0: You know
1: what
4: I'm saying? hmm I agree. It's, we live in them same time. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got so numb to it now. where It's just like, you know, it, you got to be, you got to have some kind of war plan or something. Like, what's the objective? What's the objective? Yeah. To just kill us off for real by gunfire or, or, like, lock us all up? Like, what is the objective? You know what I'm saying? Because it's clearly at this point, you know, when you look at the numbers, clearly the police is here, you know, to exterminate us. Clearly. You know what I'm saying? It's like the numbers gonna tell you that. I don't have to say it. You know what I'm saying? Over eleven hundred over eleven hundred people killed in two thousand
3: seventeen.
4: Police. Yeah. The police. Yeah. The, the you know, but when
3: you get, you know, one of the things that they do to us, Hakeem, is when they get us to look at it from an individual perspective. When we don't look at it from a collective, when we don't look at it as what it basically is, systematic racism, institutional and systematic racism, uh, and it is designed and targeted for Africans in America. You will have a lot of Africans in America really look at it, even whether it's conscious or subconscious, as an isolated incident and not one directed towards race. I've had people tell me, oh, that happened a long time ago. That happened a long time ago. That's like asking the child abuse victim or the um, sexually abused victim to forget about the trauma that they experienced as a child. It's genetic. And not only is it genetic, it sets the tone for the climate in America. It is so racism is so embedded in the fabric of America that Africans practice racism and discrimination against their own kind, black people practice against their own kind and don't even and not even aware of it, not even aware of it, not even aware that we prefer other things that we prefer to emulate that we prefer to talk like, live like, eat like dress like even to the point now where we want to marry. Our opposite, you know, our complete and polar opposites. We have, that's how deep the racism goes. And this is something that we have to, you know, we have to begin to combat. We have to really be, we have to really be up on it. And this is why they feel like that they can move against us, that they're inciting um, and trying to agitate us to react their actions, and their actions are killing us. Their actions are violent. See, when you move as a collective, as a group, we would think twice about some of the things they do, and even we would have more, the state more involved, and um, the state would be more involved in ensuring the safety of its so-called citizens. Even if they didn't look at you, citizens. if you was politically or economically um, um, viable I like to say if they really felt something about you if they felt you were important they would protect you you can let me tell you something there's not an Absolutely. Arab that can say there's not an Arab that can say bomb you mean to tell me the feds as much investigation all that they didn't have the intel on these people before you know making the bombs they got infiltrators and everything you let an Arab even think about doing something on American soil that would be, de- that would be uh, remotely considered terroristic, they will lay down the hammer. So how is it that these acts of terrorism are perpetrated against our people? Because they don't care into after the fact. The only reason they care now is because it's looking bad, and then a lot of times they're, they're fearful because some of these white supremacist groups are anti-federal too. They're anti-government groups. So they can't have it. No, we can't have it there. But you can kill all the niggers you want to kill. Hell, we kill the niggers. You know, shit. Get in line. Take a ticket. But you know, if it's when you got them making bombs and it's uncontrollable, then it's frightening even to them. So they have to
4: uh, step up their measures.
3: But believe me, it's not because they're having some uh, um, conscious complex that they're moved. Humanitarian aid into wanting to see the safety of of all humanity, and specifically or in particular, the African here, the melanated black man and black woman here in America are Negroes. No, they could care less about that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and this is one of our problems. Let's go to our phone lines real quick, brother Chairman. I see that we got a call queue. Area code seven. 7- Seven seven oh eight one three six the
1: nigga.
5: Black Power. Black Power, brother. Um well I just wanna to touch on Well I mean nothing nothing that has been a the topic of discussion tonight, but you know, something that can reflect on what you were discussing tonight. And um you know, yeah, it's kind of sad that black people, well, to introduce myself, I am the chairman of the 3GP, third generation Panther Party, fellow comrade of uh, Chairman of at the New People's Party. Black Power. Um, black power. But yeah, it's, it's sad that, you know, how black people practice this racism and, you know, this oppression on their own people. But, you know, it's, it's all a part of their plan, you know, it's it's a full-blown hypnosis going on, and we all fall weak to it, you know, by keeping keeping all of this oppressive and racist rhetoric circulating amongst our people. So the hypnosis is real, Yeah, and it's only happening because of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not because of anybody else. We're the only ones sitting around talking about racism and oppression and all of this stuff that the white man been doing to us over 400 years ago. I mean, it's, it's now time to remove that rhetoric. And in removing yeah. that rhetoric, it will remove the hypnosis. And then maybe some people will be able to see the type of things that they're practicing by like black-on-black crime, another form of racism. Like they say, black people are the only people, or African people, or Nigerian people, but melanated-skinned people are the only ones that's friendly. You know, we the, the only, only ones people. that embrace everybody else with open arms and then turn around and say, hey, it's the wrong thing to love black people. You know, I sit around and I listen to all of these, you know, audio books and videos on YouTube. And you have millions of white people saying, hey, if the white man would have did it to me, I would have shot him dead in the floor. And wouldn't have thought about mm-hmm. it.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, mm-hmm. hurt enter your front door. Brutalize your family. Brutalize your community. White people say it all the time. I would have killed him dead mm-hmm. right there. I wouldn't even thought about it. But Mm -hmm. black people have been hypnotized with everything, with racism, and that's a a form of intimidation. Mm -hmm. You know, racism, they come in, they treat you like the lower class, they intimidate you, and then eventually you start to feel like, well, hey, we're the lower class, or we're the less fortunate, or we're the ones who don't deserve it. And then that's mm-hmm. where that hypnosis takes over your state of mind. Now you hypnotize. Mm-hmm. You tricked. You've been hoodwinked into believing that you're less than Yeah,
3: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's that's one of the things, like we talk about work man, that's one of the things, that's what I mean by embedded in the fabric of the American society. See, it's not even so much just the physical intimidation. Like um, someone told me one time, terrorism doesn't physically intimidating us, terrorism doesn't work on us anymore. We're immune to physical violence. But how they keep us to feeling inferior and practicing racism myself is that assimilation is rewarded. When you assimilate cheap, white people don't have to live like we live. They are already white. They don't have to be other than what they are. Only the African man—they encourage us. We have to have legal, what I call, social and cultural schizophrenia. How many of us have seen people that have the two voices—the white voice—they get on the phone, yes, uh, sir.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. When
3: they to, when they go to court, are they talking about that schizophrenia? They call that having two personalities. White people <laughs> don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about being too black. You know, you you we have to go into a building and actually worry about being.
5: To what you are You have to well, worry actually, about being too black Not to cut you off But just to touch on that um, Just yesterday we watched a documentary That mm-hmm. was uh, It wasn't really a documentary It was a video And you know it had a voiceover, And the dude was pretty much saying Hey man this is what black people need to empower themselves But mm-hmm. in that short video it, it also explained How afraid the white man was Because, you know, they only make up a certain population of our society anyway. So in them being scared straight, they took the initiative to say, hey, the only way we can survive as white people is to enslave other people. So in all honesty, white people feel just as inferior as black people. They just took a different approach. Instead of instead of running it high, they played chess and they strategized. They said, hey, we're not in a position to hide. We got to fight because we only make up a small portion of the population. So any any type of resistance or backing down or hiding could mean our mass extinction globally. So they got smart. Yeah. They said, hey, man, you know what we're going to do? We're going to enslave the other people around us. And mm-hmm. then that's how they became a dominant species or a dominant race mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. by
5: enslaving other people. So it's like, for me, I feel like all of that rhetoric that we put into our community saying that, yeah, you know, white people don't have to live like us or white people don't have to do this because they're already white. But to be completely honest, white people don't have to do it because they've already enslaved the people around them, not physically, but they've enslaved the mindset of African-American people. So it's like, and I say African-Americans because it ain't too many foreigners you're going to enslave. They don't give a fuck about America anyway.
3: Exactly. Well, you know, one of the reasons, though, when we talk about, let's talk about slavery, let's talk about the treatment, let's talk about what went into you know, the ma'afa, the particular, and I'm not just talking about slavery because, like someone told me once, you know, all people have went through some period of slavery in their history. So then we need to talk about the very, the, the, the varying degrees of slavery. we we'll talk about the ma'afa, the transatlantic, the mid-transatlantic slave trade that affected Africa directly. There has never been a slavery as brutal and as inhumane as the transatlantic slave trade. And I'm not just talking about in the in the in the sense of you know physical slavery, I'm talking about in the sense of totally robbing a people of their identity. You know, I think that this is a fact that is forgotten. Once you rob these people of their identity or anything that closely resembles their place of origin, their place of nationality anything traditional or culture to them that would lend some type of um, empowerment to their being, once you've taken that from them, you give them another identity, <laughs> and this is what you do. Then you create your system, and how your system is created is through your institutions, and how your institutions are ran. they are what determines the reward or the punishment for those African people that assimilate. The more that Absolutely. you assimilate the white people, the more rewarded you are. You see what I'm saying? So this right here encourages... But see, but see that's them. another
5: form of that hypnosis because the more that you simulate the white people, we're not rewarded, but they are. Because they're they're they remain dominant.
3: Right. They're rewarded, but we, we stop looking at ourselves. See, when you assimilate, part of their assimilation is individuality. So when we assimilate them We personally are rewarded, but we're not looking at the we as a collective. We don't care about what do they teach us? Crabs in a barrel. I always say, why gotta be crabs in a barrel pulling you back? I say, why can't be a crab saying pull me out the barrel with you? You know what I'm saying? Take me with you. So it's they create in us individuality, and they reward the Negro that can best assimilate if he can go get his master's degree you know, a degree that his master gave, if he can get his doctorate, if he can articulate like the European, if he can dress like the European, marry a white woman and move in the um, neighborhoods that the European moves in, then in this Negro's mind, he's creating a distance or a separation between his Negro, his Negritude, his Africanness, and plentifully hoping that he will be accepted as an American citizen. They put out the American dream as a white dream and they put out there to the African... That if he assimilates or she assimilates And begins to take on This um, culture and nature Of the European Then they will be rewarded individually Not us as a collective See capitalism isn't built For the masses of people To be rewarded and to um, you know, Eat off the food to their labor Capitalism is, is a few A percentage few Taking advantage of the labor And the surplus of the masses Of working people You know what I'm saying? So this is one of the things this is why we you know, why we we try to promote and encourage a strong African identity because at the base of that, at the fundamental root of that is communalism. We can't afford to look at I made it, they didn't, but if one of us don't make it, all of us can make it. If one of us makes it then we have to begin to look at ways to open the door for the masses of African people to be able to come through the door.
5: Right.
4: But, you know,
5: I feel like, you know, again, like, that's where we go wrong, feeling like, you know, we have to, like, become this image in order to be accepted by our oppressors. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, that's still another form of hypnosis. Because you find yourself you find yourself trapped in a world that's not for you so automatically you're gonna you're gonna feel like you have to be accepted by this world mm-hmm. because you are already an outsider. So it's gonna make you uncomfortable to walk through society and then you have these people who who world this is that you entered looking down upon you as if, hey, you're not one of us. You don't know, mm-hmm. articulate like us. You don't move, mm-hmm. us. you don't think like us. But see, that's where it gets to the point to where you should want, you should want to look deeper into your roots and find your own self and find your own people to be accepted by.
3: Exactly. But you know what, War, that's what I mean by the rewarded, rewards come from, they they, they have a system of reward that comes from assimilating. The There's no reward being African, the best thing that we have now is the Black Panther movement. That's why everybody jumped on it. They, there's no reward for being African. You because have this, to is a African it, exactly. this is not an
5: African society.
3: Exactly. That's, our my, point. It's, that's see, my point exactly. me
5: and my mom go back and forth about this a lot, separation. But see, you can't separate if you're not teaching people about their culture. Because see, I told yeah. her this last night. You got to, it's like, it's like if you see a man walking, if you walking down the street and you see a man continuing to walk in the circle and you grab that man's hand and you take him in the direction that you going to show him the way, when you let that man go, he's going to be able to fiend for himself the right direction because he's been shown. So it's a lot of people out here walking around in these circles Looking for somebody to follow It's just that all of our leaders Are following the oppressors mm-hmm. Or You know mm-hmm. everybody everybody's So mm-hmm. you know not everybody Our people They so big mm-hmm. on being accepted by the white man That they don't understand how to accept themselves for being black
3: This yes, exactly That's, It goes back again to that reward I'm talking about Your existence they reward those who assimilate them. You look at the brother getting a hundred that with the hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year job, the so called home, the car, the good credit, the all of these things. These his you know, he's rewarded or she's rewarded the more that they assimilate Europeans. You know, they they're, they're promoted in the company you're going to clean shave and, oh, give it give it give it give. and you're part of the community club and it's not, and it gets to the point you have, they have to do that so long it gets to the point where they're not even uncomfortable in their assimilation. They're uncomfortable in their natural environment. I've seen Negroes be naturally uncomfortable around other black people. And it goes because to that's
5: like, what you're That Honestly, you're right about that. Man. And that's because he's been, what should I say? Transformed.
4: Yes. He's no been longer I like that
3: word yeah, he's hypnotized. Yeah, absolutely. I like the word you were using. He's been hypnotized. You know, but this is but you know, these are some realities that we're facing and a part of any addiction, like they'll tell you when you go to any rehab when you have an addiction, the first thing is acknowledging and admitting that you have an addiction. A lot of our brothers and sisters who go through this assimilation addiction is what we'll call it. Who go through this simulation addiction don't know that they have this sickness. They don't see Africa as a real culture. They don't see black as a real identity. They see American. You ask them their ethnicity, they say they are American. There's so, no you know, else. Mm-hmm.
5: And, okay. I, and I feel that that reason is because we still, like you said, the word hypnotize. That's because mm-hmm. 95% of black people are hypnotized So they still mm-hmm. focus They still focus on This white society And that's the same thing That they're portraying back to black people So it's like what we talked about a while back If all you see In your community Is this Caucasian way of life Or this American way of life If you're not stepping outside of your door Seeing any type of African culture Then how can you
1: see, exactly. How can
5: you strive to be more culturally rounded. It's like if you go into a Mexican community, everything is Mexican. Like mm-hmm.
1: ain't no Caucasian,
5: ain't no Caucasian stores. You you might not even see a Caucasian police. Everything is mm-hmm. Mexican. It's like if you go into a if you go into a predominantly white neighborhood and step into the Burger King then you got predominantly black employees in that Burger King. Mm-hmm. But if you step mm-hmm. into a Burger King in a Hispanic community, then you're going to have predominantly Hispanic employees in that community because mm-hmm.
2: these people
5: mm-hmm. already know, okay, we're mm-hmm. not of this nation. We're not of these people. So right. they're automatically making sure, absolutely sure, when the baby come out of the womb in America, we're teaching him Spanish as a primary mm-hmm. language, and we're going to mm-hmm. teach him English. As a secondary language. Right. So it's like you, we're, you said the as key word. People though. still hypnotized. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you said the key word. You know, we, we, it's easy to hypnotize us because there's nothing that we can hold to to dehypnotize us. When you talk about hypnotizing other ethnicities, you said the key word. They're going to, as the primary language, they're going to teach it Spanish. Not just primary language, but primary culture.
2: See, if we don't have
3: anything to revert to, we don't have anything to revert to. The closest we can get is what we call Afrocentricism. And that's holding the whole continent of Africa as the center of our thinking. But the problem with that comes in is there's no clear cut, specific culture that we're calling to. The, the Nigerian at the end of the day knows he or she is a Nigerian. The Mandinkin, the Favani, the Shanti, the Zulu, at the end of the day, they all know what particular tribe and what particular culture they come from. The African here in America has no such knowledge. So therefore, they have no such we've
5: been here the time so long and, we,
3: and focusing but either,
5: on Go ahead, go ahead. Even in the
3: hypnoti- even in I, even in our being hypnotized, not just in our hypnotized, but also in the whole um, act of slavery, the de, the deconstruction, the destruction of, of our our ability to understand who we were specifically as a people. Man, we are so mixed over here. You know what I'm mean? saying? So what I say that the African has to do. One of the things that, in my opinion, to have us to really go. I don't know if if
0: somebody. One of the things that have to.
3: Uh, if you're not talking, I don't know whose background whose background noise that is. But if you're not talking until you talk, um, put it on mute. Because there's some back. I'm getting some text about the background noise. But one of the things about um. When we talk about an African culture, uh, and especially for the African here in America, what I say is that we have to, we must embrace the so-called American experience, even though it wasn't the best. It is elements and components that go into making up who we are, who we are as Africans. And then once we look at these experiences and these ingredients that go up, go into making the African here in America, then we will be able to realistically begin to use the resources that we have and the mental capacity that we possess to build a future that is conducive to the African here in America. Too many times we're looking for escape. Even our assimilist brothers and sisters are looking for escape. Those people who assimilate the oppressor are really just looking for a way out of niggitude. You know what I'm saying? They just don't want to be niggas no more. I don't even think it's a matter of really wanting to be white at some point. It's just I don't want to be a nigga. I want better. No, see, it's just, it's, just, it's, just
5: it's, not even, it's not even so much as wanting to be a nigga or wanting to be white. It's just, you know, at a certain point, it's like if you walking into, if you walking in the forest and you lost and you've been walking for four days trying to figure out how to get back to where you came in, that then eventually you're going to get tired of being lost. So, for our people, it's like we're lost. It's like everything mm-hmm. we try to become a part of as African-Americans, even if you're a conscious African-American or
0: what,
5: whatever you want to label yourself as. That's the word I need to use. We done got so used to picking up these labels,
2: and none of mm-hmm. them can
5: fit for us as African-American people. That You know, it's, it, it, it's kind of left us lost. So then for you me know what? to a certain extent, I feel like, just to elaborate a little more, I feel like the goal for African-American people in America should be becoming naked. We need to completely strip ourselves of whatever we felt like we were and build something mm-hmm. new, a new nation.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that. Because we are a new, we are a new, I keep telling people, we're a new chapter in the in the book of African experience. I think that we should do like other nations have done, especially Africans throughout the diaspora, Africans who have come from Africa and have been spreaded out due to the crime of slavery. They have created their own identity. The Jamaican is clearly Jamaican. The Jamaican not only has developed its own language of Patois, but has developed its own look of the Dread Rock. It has developed a religion of Rastafariism. The Haitian has done the same thing. The Haitian has developed, have taken French and turned it into a, a Haitian dialect of French, have developed a religion of Voodoo coming from Benin, and with the um, uh, Catholic influence of the French on them, have taken and created their own religion of Voodoo. The African in America is the only one that doesn't want to take the experience of America and begin to form an identity and a, a nationality that is conducive to the development and the advancement and growth of Africans here, but we want to escape it by being everyone else. We'll be Absolutely. American. I agree with that. We'll become a Jew. We'll become Hebrew and become a Jew. Jew. We'll become Europe and become Nigerian, and now we straight African. You know, we haven't taken the things that affect us as Africans here in America, which is slavery, uh, integration, segregation, Jim crow discrimination, racism, some of the advancements, even from people that we don't particularly care for, have made so-called advancements for Africans here in America. We haven't taken those ingredients, made a gumbo and come up and say, this is the African in America. Like, you got the African in, from the West Indies, you got the African from Haiti, you got the um, Jamaican, you got the Puerto Rican, you got the Caribbean, you got the Virgin Island African. Wouldn't that be African from America? We have embraced our culture, and our culture is one of slavery, but not just one of slavery, but one of, 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 of resistance and revolution and uplifting and advancement. We can Absolutely. take all of these things and be a mighty, mighty creation and be beneficial for humanity and civilization as a whole. But we have been deconditioning, and the program levied against us is so feral that we are scared shitless of anything that, you know, to me, I'm going to tell you something. To me, the African in America is scared of success. We're scared of being successful. We have all the resources. We have all the instruments on our disposal. We have everything we need to be absolutely and completely successful. And when we get on the brink of success, or when some of us who have achieved success, we turn it right over to our oppressor. We turn it right over why, to the oppressor.
5: That's why I say... It's to a point now to where, you know, we have to become naked because we scared shitless because everything that they put in front of us, what's the word I'm looking for? Everything they put in, that's it. Everything that they put in front of us makes us submissive. They came yeah. into the black communities and gave you Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: The Bible that tells mm-hmm. you if a man come into your house and harm your family, turn the other cheek. Lay down. Be submissive. Mm-hmm. Same thing mm-hmm. as the white man. You see the white man? You see the white man coming to your communities. But they come in different they come in different forms. Some of them come mm-hmm. as suits, some of them come as defects. Some of them come as police officers. They come mm-hmm. as firemen. They come as teachers. Mm-hmm. They come as doctors. They come as astronauts. But they all teach black people to be submissive. So it's like we have to completely become naked and we teach ourselves a completely different way of life. Yeah. That's, that's the whole key to it Because everything that they have taught us is taught us to be submissive to the oppressor. And the oppressors Mm -hmm. come in many forms now Yeah Well that
3: that ensured I think first of all what it did It ensured our survival You know submissiveness ensured our survival We're talking about a people Who have physically repressed us It's no secret to the atrocities Perpetrated against people of African descent Against melanated people over here It is no secret history bears witness To the crimes And the savage nature of the crimes perpetrated against an African people, but also in the way that we are conditioned to look at the world. You see, we talk about Christianity and I tell people it's not so much Christianity. If you want to talk about credibility, like well that Christianity doesn't work in it, no, it works for somebody, it just doesn't work for us. And one of the reasons is because it's the way we look at it. You look at this is a Christian nation, this is one of the baddest nations. And when I say bad, I'm not just giving it all of these accolades, but I'm talking about militarily, I'm talking about economically, I'm talking about politically in the sense of um, duping the people into thinking that they have a democracy and all the while choosing their leadership for them. This is one of the baddest nations in the world at duplicity, at um, uh, military might, at imperial imperialism and capitalist exploitation and sapping of the resources of third world nations. One of the baddest countries They're doing that And so um, we say all of that To say what? To say this To say that uh, with African With with, with people of African descent When you're going against um, This type of thing That system of reward Is not just about reward But to not comply to their system Could mean your destruction And I think they tap into a base level of the African people The very level The very um, nature The law The first law Of any human being The first law Of anything Is self-preservation Hell hey, Even a rose Has a thorn So some of the most Beautiful things In the world Has means to defend And protect itself So when they get us To look at Life differently You know When they look At Christianity They look at Christianity From perspective Asking, they say You know what Jesus says Ask and it shall be given Seek and Ye shall find Dock and it'll be open. For what man ask his father for a fish and he give him a soap This is how Christianity's look I mean white people look at Christianity. They look at it from a position of prosperity and wellness and all of these things. Now us exactly Yeah,
5: because people. they look at it that way because they know for a fact that if they can get you to fall up under the hypnosis of Christianity then they got you to be submissive. They, exactly, they can control exactly. you. Or,
3: or the way that we or the way that we perceive it See, they tell us the way to perceive Christianity is suffrage is sanctity, poverty is piety. They tell you first thing here yeah, they talked about Jesus, baby. Take up your cross. Love of money is the root of all evil. So now we go into this thing from a um, subjective position. From a position of poverty, from a position of pain and suffrage, that this means piety and this means righteousness. The more bullshit I can take, the closer I am to God. And we're the only people that go into religions and don't understand the political and economic ramifications of the religion. People who have had religions delivered to them and have had empires to rise from their religion. Christianity was the rise of Rome. Islam was the rise of Arabia. Judeoism was the rise of Israel. Black people are the only people that goes into religion, and the only thing we want out of religion is God, and we don't want God to give us anything if you believe because in God, and will give us anything in this
5: life. You know that's why that's why I admire the Panther Party and that's why I stand firm as the chairman in the Panther Party because out of all black people out of all of our leaders there was only a handful of our leaders that was not scared to be totally destroyed in striving and seeking to build a black tower structure or to build a black economic Or to build a black nation In building a nation You have to know For us as black people We prisoners of war anyway Mm -hmm. So you have to know that Us striving To better ourselves Is automatically going to be frowned upon Because us rising To power Could easily mean That they fall from power so this is an ongoing war. That's why people can't step into the revolution thinking that it's all about being passive or it's all mm-hmm. about being educated. Yeah, it's about those two things absolutely. But most and well first and foremost it's about war. We are mm-hmm. war. And at the end but of the day, what? if you build it something for your people, if it's about your people if it's all about black power, black empowerment, black economics, black education, black health, black science, then you have to know that that is going to come with some type of destruction, and you can't be scared of that.
6: If you're scared no, of it, then the
5: revolution be. not for you. Exactly.
3: But you know what, though? I think that now we're getting to the stage of revolutionaries have to defy the revolution for the people. Like, what is black power? I think that the people, you know, most of us, we're in survival mode and not thriving mode. So the revolutionary has to address the day-to-day issues of survival, and I think that this is one of the weapons that our oppressor uses against us. It isn't even so much the fear like we were talking about earlier. I don't think that we fear physical violence like we used to, and I see you, call. I'm coming right to you next. I don't think we fear physical violence like we used to. We're we supposed to become immune we become desensitized to the violence. It's, it's, it's on our news. It's in our movies. It's in our music.
4: It's in our neighborhoods.
3: When we step out on the, the porch every day, the chances are 80% to 90% that we're going to see something violent take place if there's nothing but violent language used against one another, threats and shit. But I think that um, what ends up happening is it's a matter of survival.
4: So when you talk about...
3: Africanism When you talk about communalism The everyday masses want to know How does this tie into my survival How is this you know, Helping me with a light bill How is this helping me with rent How is this helping me to eat How is this improving relationships Between me and the mother of my children Me and the community Me and the police Hell the school system They want to know how does Africanism How does revolutionary uh, revolutionaryism Affect me in my day-to-day life And I think that this is what the revolution Has to, the revolutionary begin uh, must begin to address And come away from so much of the sensationalism So much of the, like you were talking about earlier, brother Which I totally agree The rhetoric, and especially the empty rhetoric That only calls and incites us To some type of emotional response and reaction But nothing that is productive Nothing that is Long term and lasting, when we talk about revolution, we must talk about a protracted struggle. We must talk about a culture of resistance that begins that we can pass down to our children so that it becomes a part of their everyday life and it passes down to their children. That was no an yeah, old I'm glad that you said
5: that because in order for us to have a culture to pass down to our children, we first have to build a culture. Yeah. See, when you're looking at the revolutionary, you say, well, the people want to know how is this going to help me in my day-to-day? How is this going to help my school systems? Well, you ain't got no school systems. That's what you need to realize. All these schools that's around here in your community belong to the white men. That's why they closed Mm -hmm. all all the schools in your community so they can put up schools for the white man. Now your kid's going uneducated because you still worrying about the white man's school system. And well, what you should be worried about is building their own school system, something that could benefit the black kids instead of them going to a white school system and they being cheated out of education. Or instead of them going to a white judicial system, or being arrested by the white police, not even the white police, the Mexican police. But mm-hmm. when you go into your corner store and it's an Arab and they're charging you two dollars for a twenty-five cent pack of noodles. See, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how that's how it's affecting your system. Because when you go into that black man store, you ain't got the money. He just might let you slide.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Or when you, but you know that, that has to be... black school, yeah, go ahead.
3: No, no, no. Go
5: ahead. You drop him, brother. I don't want to stop you. Yeah. Yeah, so, and when you go into that black school, then you'll hear more about the Nat Turners and the Harriet Tubman's and the of Parks and the people of your culture versus you going in there hearing about Colonel Shaw and Napoleon and Princess Diana and all these motherfuckers, excuse my first, but all these people who have nothing to do with your heritage. And that's where they keep my sleep at because we're not educating our people on how to build and better black. You will never mm-hmm. win. It you'll never benefit from this system because it wasn't made for you. Like you said, we came over here on the banana boat as slaves. And we still are mm-hmm. slaves. That's why when you get that check before you even cash the check, you already been deducted. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you – and it's funny because I look at it like this. You deducted Medicaid out of my check that I can't even get. I don't even qualify yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. You the yeah. state taxes out of my check, and I'm not even the one that's reaping the benefits. When I step outside my yeah. door, all the streets got potholes.
3: Exactly. But you know what, though? That That's a point – I'm glad you're making that point. Well, that's a point that I tell the people that stay about us being involved in politics. Like you said, politics, whether you're involved in politics or not, politics is involved with you. When you get that check, they deduct money from that check to fix up communities, and they're not talking about your communities. Why? Because we don't go represent our communities. We say... What does politics have to do with me? I
1: ain't got to
3: do in politics. But all the while they're taking tax dollars, and those people that are involved with politics, believe me, when you go to Buckhead and Alpharetta and Marietta and these other places like that, their roads don't look like the inner cities and some of the suburbs that are predominantly, predominantly white. Uh, and they get involved. They want to know one thing. You, I would tell you about that European, and you know about that European. He wants to know where his money is going. Absolutely, because how his his buck is how his
5: buck is benefiting him, and until we because this is their system, you got to think about it. Of course, they want to know where their money at when their voice matters. That's like that's like if it's if it's ten prime example. You see it all the time with the jury. Mm -hmm. When you go into a court system, it could be three people on the jury, and it could be it could be three African American people on the jury. Yeah. Or listen, we could just say it's five African-American people on the jury. And it could be five mm-hmm. Europeans or five Caucasians or five Crackers or whatever you want to call it. That white man word don't matter way more than your words. Again, what? we step back into exactly. that courtroom, the DAs
1: are white.
3: The judge but is white. But you said something, though. But absolutely. But you know what? Work, you said a key thing. It's their system, but we're in it. You exactly, but we have we the, have to
5: detach ourselves and build our own it, system. It, that's what, like, what we we're, we're failing. What we're failing we're failing to build our own system
3: because of the resources and the utensils to build our own system. It it takes, you know, the journey of a thousand miles takes with one starts with one footstep. If we don't get you involved I mean? with the process that the the process that involves us, then we've already forfeited the game. Like you said, And I Dave, feel like that's the indication. Already, yeah, education and representation. If they're already taxing you, if they're already taking money out of your taxes, what does it hurt to go to a community meeting and saying, "Hey, you know what? y'all tax me, and my interests aren't represented in the community. There's no potholes being paid in my community, or my taxpayer pays pay what? Police uh, police salaries. And the police don't represent me in fact, in my neighborhood, the police are a terrorist and an occupying force, so
6: they
5: okay, need to so be what used you to saying that right mm mm-hmm. mhm, but you're saying that, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia based right now, right, and with that being said, all the police in my community are black mhm, if you look at the mayor most of the most it, of the people that sitting on the board. We already mm-hmm. have that representation as black people
3: it, so you, if you, you don't have that represent Skin doesn't represent you Ideology and philosophy There's a thing that I'm always You've heard me talk about work many times before Neocolonialism When we look mm-hmm. at revolutions throughout the world The people who have taken over uh, In the revolutionary struggle You find them They always say that there's two revolutions There's one revolution to get rid of the oppressor Then there's a the second revolution to get rid of the neocolonialist to get rid mm-hmm. of the people who are fighting their pressure, and they come in and they start representing the very people that used to govern them. Well, let's go to our phone lines for a minute, man, because we've had people holding, and um, we're getting on our
2: time. Area code
3: 216 might That's what I'm okay. if, you're not,
2: if
3: you're not talking. Area code 216-5363.
6: Uh, Very uh, interesting Conversation And one As revolutionaries We have a particular Role to do And we did it in the 60s When people talk about the Panthers I was one that came through the NCCF We want the people to come where we at And we don't want to go and bring the people To where we at That's uh, another one of the faults That we believe that our uniform And our storefront supposed to, the people supposed to automatically come. The people have been conditioned because they have seen our leaders murdered, shot down, in prison. Some going to die in prison like they die now in prison because of black power. It's a real war. It's nothing glorified about it. It's a real war, family suffering and people suffering. The other thing is that if politics is the tool that had been used in the community. That's when we came up with a movement that was sabotaged by the government and bourgeoisie Negroes. It was called NBIL, Independent Black Political Party. We did try to build our party and build an independent party. Garvey did the same thing. Malcolm with the Organization of Afro-American Unity. These were political organizations more so than religious organization, And yet, when the government came and destroyed that, our people went into the Democratic Party when they used to be Republican. And so they flipped them, and now they're Democratic. They can flip them the next day. We can be independent and still be Negroes. You know, we right have to have our culture. Our culture is our language. Our culture is our food. Our culture is our walk. Our culture is everything. This is what makes us who we are. Uh, we talked about the Arabs, but they have a culture. We, we talk about the Chinamen. Right here in the midst of white supremacy, they have a culture. They have their own way of doing things. The other things, too, they do not allow the big buffer zone Negroes like we have in our community, such as the weak imams, the weak ministers, the weak preachers, the weak deacons, uh, that is in the community, that bring the congregation in Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays and sometimes in the week to deprogram them back to that. We need to look for a Jesus to come, and he's not going to come back on a, a, a jackass. He's going to come riding a jackass like he did before, and they look at the jackass being you, you and I, and he's not going to come with a robe on. He's going to come with a three-piece or two-piece suit on, and he's going to be standing there in the White House. That side of white Jesus coming. And they are preparing our brothers and sisters with that. So, what I'm saying that what the Panthers did in the 60s, we inherited from Malcolm. What Malcolm did, he had it from Elijah, who inherited from Gavi, who passed that baton down. And the Panthers of the old, that is different with the Panthers today, a brother could come into the organization, get a uniform, and he's a Panther. In the 60s, no, you had to go through some months of training, right. Right. and uh, right. you know, and and in that month of training, it's like boot camp. If you can't handle it, brother, we still love you. We still support you, but you're not part of the vanguard, and we don't want you to get hurt, and we don't want you to get anybody hurt, because you've got to know how to defend your ideology and your philosophy without a gun or a knife or without your fist. That means yeah. that you've got to go into your inner soul, so... I just want to share that, and this is why uh, Jagger Hoover and the rest had to had to come against the Black Panther Party then, because we were not only thinking about that us, but we had schools for our children that were teaching right. them this, you know, and uh, they wouldn't have dare back in the '60s to bring a movie out called the Black Panther. Man, that 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 would have been a nightmare, but they did bring Superfly. You know, yeah, exactly,
3: so, exactly.
6: You
1: know, it's
3: all propaganda.
1: Yeah, and, it,
6: propaganda.
3: Yes, and it's and propaganda. propaganda. But I, but I say this though, you know, when we go back and when you were talking about the NCCF, I think that one of the things is, and this is, and that's why I love our third development, which a lot of people call the original. But I think a lot of times we get too caught up into. I see a lot of these formations in this day and time go to talking about. The way of the original, and the original did it like this. And that's the problem with these formations and not understanding that the original had an ideology and a philosophy. That's right. I challenge the, the so called organization. What is your ideology? What is your philosophy? What is your, you know, um, are you the revolutionary Act Is a, is a sociologist? You know, what is the condition of our society? Yeah, and with with really looking at the condition of our society, what are some of the theories and strategies we can use to be able to galvanize, organize, agitate, and mobilize the masses of people into actions that are, um, um, you know, that will bring about their self-reliance and their independence. You know, to really be able to look at their society and and look at methods. As weighed against their ideology, there is no clear cut ideology. And yes. we wonder why, and we wonder why that we're currently being beat back or beat down. It's because they have an, a clear cut ideology, and that ideology is their survival, their primacy, mm-hmm. their being mm-hmm. on top, They're maintaining a system. And, like I was telling, you know, um, Brother Work, is not so much like he said, you know, we live in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta right now myself. And everything is black. But it is mm-hmm. such a neocolonialist city. It's and when we're neo-colonialist, Yeah. we talk about in Atlanta, these handkerchief head, boot licking, bug dancing, smiling, yes, the ballsing, uh huh, yes, the Negroes. Mm-hmm. You know, white supremacy doesn't have to be implemented. By white men no more It's such a part of the American fabric That you know Africans will Uphold implement and enforce White supremacy better Than Europeans will to prove that, because, like I said, you, when you talk about that penalty and reward system, assimilation is greatly rewarded. It's rewarded with big houses. It's rewarded mm-hmm. with um, it's rewarded economically with a hundred, two thousand, hundred dollar job years, and not just that, it's rewarded, rewarded exactly. with a a yes a a a certain amount of acceptance. And I think that when you look at really. Human beings being communal creatures being creatures of social creatures being creatures mm-hmm. of um interaction that acceptance and that um inclusion i think is 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 very seductive for people who have been on the house who have been ostracized who have been physically repressed who have been um you know mentally and emotionally excluded from society you know this these are big in endorsements and enticements for us to forget about us being african people and not just an african people but to begin to develop along the cultural lines and the experience lines that we have went through on the shores of america i think yes. that's the biggest thing chairman carmichael go let me let go just say this the lines, lines cuz we got some can you cuz we got some people real quick. that was okay this is real quick and uh uh this is like what's
6: happening in Cleveland, now, the European don't look at the House Negro no more because the House Negroes do not have that connection. It is the so-called revolutionary Negro, or counter-revolutionary Negroes that are looking to get an House because they're the one that can sell out our plan mm-hmm.
4: and our
3: philosophy, ideology, black power. Right, power. Let's go to, um, and I'm going to go to my phone lines. I appreciate everyone for hanging so patiently. Five zero five nine eight nine nine. And I see you, Ife. I'm Nicky. I'm coming to you next. 905-8-9899. Uh, Your mic is open. All right, peace everyone. This is uh Kevin Crosby, leader of uh, the Panther Party group. I actually just saw this show was posted in my group, the uh, Panther chat. So I wanted to call in cuz I think the subject is, is huge. Um I, I was I was unaware that our people were being targeted in these bombings. Once I found that out, it kind of mm-hmm. stirred me because um, the attacks—it just seems like they're relentless and they're coming from so many different directions. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get to where I'm starting to feel like we're stupid to not start thinking outside the box as far as protecting our neighborhoods and protecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for them to send packages like that, and what's getting me is how long it took law enforcement to decide that they should say something about it, Um, you know, to warn black people not to even touch these things. And what bothers me is it's inherent in – with us, we come home to our house and there's a package sitting on our porch, Um, and we know we ain't ordered shit. (laughs) You kind of (laughs) got to wonder, why why is this package sitting here, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I kind of need us to kind of wake up and look at that, man. Ain't no such thing yeah. as something free, you know? There you go. And don't run in the house with it. You know, if anything, they should do what white folks would do. Arabs can't leave shit at our house and we think it's okay.
5: Mm-hmm. So,
3: you know what I'm saying? And that, that's not a slight on the Muslims. It's just it's just true. They can't leave a backpack nowhere. Yeah,
0: so, exactly.
3: what, 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 I'm trying to think of, because actually, let me tell you guys something that happened today. I got a call from a lady who happens to work for Antifa. She she needed a little bit of assistance because she's being attacked by the Nazi Party. So you know I couldn't wait to jump on that. <laughs> couldn't wait, all right? Because I really want to fight with them. But um, we too. You know I was I was thinking about you know what's going on here, and we in a we're in a situation where what Muhammad Ali said actually is coming to pass. If there is a hundred good snakes out of them ten thousand,
2: how do we know which ones is which?
3: Right, right. Mm-hmm. And we don't. So that means don't. don't trust none of them, right? None of them. You know, that's right. I'm always saying, Brother Kevin, man, I'm always saying and and I'm sorry to rush your call on we got twenty five minutes, I got these people popping up, but I'm always saying No, I feel you, brother. It's all good. You, you know, and listen man, we on every Tuesday's at eight. We'll start putting on your inbox because I want and I, and this is a call to all Panther of formations. This is our program. This is an opportunity to have our voices heard and our message out there and to come together collectively to come up with some real strategies to combat this um, oppression and racism that we face as African people here in America. But I always say this, though. The moral compass or the judgment should be, is what I'm doing advantageous to African people here in America? Will it advance our cause? Will it go for empowering us? Will it help in liberating us from this exploitive, uh, oppressive society? that has deemed that the African here is dangerous or at least um, worthless and, and worthy of extermination. So once we use that basis, and, too, like you said, to address the packages, man, we have to be – I don't think that it is really set in. I was saying earlier in the show, which I wish, you, really wish you you had been on, is that we are desensitized right. human, dehumanized, dehumanized. We've been dehumanized so much that we're desensitized through the violence perpetrated against us. So even now, with these with these bombs going off and people of African descent being specifically targeted, we still look at look at them as individual and random acts. And I bet you we still don't really grasp the um the um, the magnitude right. of what this is. As this is people trying to perpetrate or initiate some type of race war, or at the very least, targeting. People of different ethnicities. We are at war. I don't think that that will ever really totally set in with the African people because we've been at war so long. We don't even know we're at war no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Let me go to my phone lines. You say, Nikkei, your mic is open. Is this you, Eight one five seven seven three two. Yes, true peace, brother. All from supernatural
0: power to the two people. people. Uh, I want to give a shout out To uh, Atlanta Daily World On this day in 1932 They started their first publication So definitely want to um, Shout those sisters and brothers out That put their work in At that time so we could have a voice and, and do what needed to be done And spread the message I enjoy the platform tonight Really good, really powerful um, Dialogue Information is coming out uh, Especially um uh, The elder, you know, he dropped some real powerful uh, science on us in history about, you know, how we used to operate within the party and used to operate amongst ourselves. Um, I listened to you, Brother Yang, and you had a lot of questions. And, see, that's the thing, you know, we, we have so many unanswered questions amongst ourselves that the only way we can do this thing and operate within this thing is to be covert. That's how I see it, you know, and we gotta be so covert because we moved from the point where we were mainly That's European right. targets. Because we worked with a lot of people in the beginning. Now I I won't uh disregard the fact that the Arab slave trade was just as brutal as the European slave trade, but at this point we're under siege by all stringy head beings on the planet. Including those time who choose That's to right. work with those individuals or those different groups, and so for those of us who got the information, who got the consciousness, who are aware and awoke and out the bed, that's the only thing we can do. We got to be so covert to the point where, if something does leak out, it's no question of how the information got out, because we should we should know that it's only one source, and 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 that's that's real because we're under siege you know in you know with the african having the richest blood if you have the richest blood therefore you are the most intellectual you are the most uh agile you 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 you're going to rank the highest in everything. So, of course, everybody is feeding off the Ethiopian right now. Everybody is eating off of us. The Asians eating off of us. They got their stores in our community. They're selling us their fruit. They're selling us everything. You know, we're not doing anything for ourselves. We're not even feeding ourselves. And me, coming from the perspective of a black woman, we don't even know how to comb our own hair. So it's so much work that needs to be done amongst us. As a group of people, man, we, when we go outside, it should just be, hey, how everybody doing and going on about our business. But then when we get amongst ourselves, it, it's so many questions that have to be answered. It's so many information that has to be covered. It's so, many, it's so much science that has to be unveiled that, man, we don't even have time to even be friendly amongst each other. Every day, you know, people always say, why are you so, man, desperate times call for desperate measures is what I heard growing up. It's a serious time right now. I don't have no time to be playing and joking around or whatever when I, you know, I enjoy seeing smiles on my nieces and nephew's face. I enjoy when I go to work and I work with a lot of kids and see smiles on their face. But other than that, I'm headstrong. I'm head strong. I'm serious about everything that we do because everything we do is detrimental to us.
3: That's right. And, well,
0: you, you,
3: and I want to go to my phone lines, but I wanted to address something that you said, which I agree is absolutely right. But, you know, when we go back to um, embracing the whole African in us and, like you said, understanding that we are the civilizers of the uncivilized, we are the teachers of humanity. I mean, all the, the great contributions that we have made to the world. And speaking of contributions, man, let me send another shout-out to my bro, boy, Kevin, Um uh, over the Panther Chat, I just received a text from my Minister of Justice. Said, "Listen, send some shouts out to him. He's been keeping the Panther Chat going. He's been keeping some good topics up and going, and uh, keeping the formations very active in discussing and 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 working on strategies to address these issues." There's so a bigger shout out to you, brother, and thank you again for coming to the show. And hope to see you definitely next week. Um, but to definitely. address like we said, um he say when we talk about. Uh, uh, When we talk about the, you know, the African embracing their culture, knowing truly who they are, I think that they have to see where this is beneficial and edifying to them in their everyday
0: life. You know what I'm saying? you know what, we can say that and we can continue to pacify the people, but my thing is this. Is Black Panther just, if it hit a billion dollars, how many of those dollars are African dollars?
2: Man, I mean, if you want to tonight, if people wanna
0: keep playing games and acting like they don't, they can't see what people do to us, they can't see how we're being exploited in the society, then those are the people that we don't even need to be dealing with no how because they're going to be blind those, to the facts.
3: Those are the masses, but let me explain. Those are the masses of African people.
0: But Those what, are the what we gotta the do we
3: don't need the masses for what need to be done. Right. One of
0: the reasons
3: so many of us exactly. have to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that the masses have to I think that the masses, I think that is just work for the revolutionaries. We look exactly. at the third exactly, development countries. Right. We look at we look at the uh the honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey, who had one of the largest masses, the largest mass move Africans in America, um probably recorded in African history, especially African mm-hmm. history in America. But it takes like, that concern and that work. That
6: but what did we have African to people them,
0: do? What did those African people do for Marcus Garvey when they locked him up? What did listen, them African listen, people do listen, on behalf listen, of Marcus Garvey be, when they exiled him gonna be, out of this for country? The
3: most, for the most part, for the most part, it's going to be like that when you're dealing with a people who have went through what we've went through as a people. If we look looking for how oh, you know, to if we're looking for renown or accolades From the masses of the people If that's what we're looking for You might as well hang up your beret Your your pants or your buttons be Because the they're not going people. to They're not going to Our movement, the revolutionary Is essential To the continuation Of African people We are essential to the survival The very survival of African people And what us as Africans Here in America have to do is to take the experience that we have went through, the real psychological uh, trauma, the real physical trauma, the real social trauma of what we went through from, you know, like Jim Crow, segregation, lynchings, and all of that, make that a part of our story. And that experience help us to formulate strategy to begin to advance and move forward. So the say, I'm going to let you come back. Let me go to my phone lines because I've had a call of hold um, and I, and I want to get them in with our 15 minutes left, listen, you're listening to okay. Independent okay. Talk, Black Ball Talk Radio Tuesday. I'm your, I'm your host, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. We're talking about the hatred of America and the climate and the things that will motivate um, Europeans and other ethnicities to target us. And not just economically exploit us, socially politically exploit and oppress us, but now they're physically which they have been doing historically, but now they, once again, blatant physical attacks have been unearthed and are directed towards the African here in America. 915-4122, your mic is open.
1: Uh, peace, Chairman, this week K Mack. How are you this evening?
3: Hey, Thank Mr. Queen K. Mack. I'm well. Thank you for asking. How about you?
1: Good, good, good. Um, very interesting topic. Um, I think this is one of those, the you know, with the, the – I want to say the bombings, the attacks on black people in in, um, Austin, we have to remember one was a 17-year-old child, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we do need to understand is, uh, well, I heard the previous caller say black folks don't get boxes. We certainly do. We get all kinds of boxes. They get left on our porches. They get left in the corner. Um, Even today in my city, uh, somebody decided that they wanted to be cute and put a – box out in front of a hospital and it shut down um, several streets with bomb squads left and right. Um, These things we need to be a lot more cognizant of. When Mm 9-11 happened, um, we had, if you recall, uh, across the nation, there were people being mailed envelopes that were filled with white powder. You had hazmat teams running all over the place because people were copycatting, Some of these were indeed poisonous substances that were politely mailed, I shouldn't say mail put in people's um, uh, mailboxes. So in lieu of what has happened in Austin, uh, it is imperative that we speak to our families and let our families know when we have packages arriving. We need to have that communication. Um, we need to, you know, help our families better understand how to react with something like this because it's only going to get worse. They're they're testing to see how far they can go, and so mm-hmm. I just I just don't want anybody to take this lightly or make it like you know this is really not impacting because it is. I'm I'm on a border city, and they're already starting here. We're we've got schools ready to walk out. We've got uh, we've had several phone calls um, of uh, on social media, the kids indicating that certain schools are going to get shot up. This is no joke, and we need to do better with arming our children. I mean, where I'm at, they do um, the anti-terrorist type exercises. They do, um, you know, in case someone comes in and fires, uh, active shooter um, type of, of, of programs in the school. We have all kinds of things going on down here. Most schools do. You know, I heard a young lady tonight talking about our children shouldn't, you know, should be uh, better aware of possible um, uh, uh, active shooter type things and they should have exercises. Well, obviously she is uh, very incompetent that our schools do this. They have Various types of exercises, we even have those where if there is a uh, a large uh, accident, you know, because I'm part of the crisis team. And so that that's something that I actually do is, is, is teach the active tutor, um, you know, help kids and, and adults understand what to do uh, in things like this. But please don't take these, these bombings in Austin to be light because we're going to see more copycats. And today, I, I, definitely I think you absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And so I think we need to have those right. conversations. Yep. And and yeah. it never yeah. fails. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want yeah. my people to be walking around scared to death either, but be proactive in understanding. If you don't know how to respond to that, if you see suspicious packages, things of that nature, and people need to be able to understand what a suspicious package looks like, a lot of people don't know. Yeah, Cooking yeah. you like, know what? Whole exactly.
3: Know. I, I think I agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, and it goes back to something that I think our brother Tatum said. You know, at the and yeah, that's what I'm talking about at the grassroots. A lot of the right. organizations should be focusing on that, teaching our people right. what a suspicious package looks like, so that way right. we know. But here's the truth of that: it's unfortunate. It is so unfortunate. That a race of people have to deal with that. That we have to teach our children fear, and we have to teach our children consciousness and and you know kind of um you know this type of uh, awareness and being alert because you're you're under attack no for no other reason than your ethnicity or the melanin in your skin. But at the same time too, we want to know. You know, my question is this. Like Brother Kevin said They're just now letting people really know That it was race based Or that it's hate motivated What is it about the African Here in America That it is okay To wait this long To let them know it's race based Or what type of climate perpetrates Or um, is conducive For this type of Attitude to be fostered in And to to such a nature That these actions are taken And it goes all the way back to your presidency You know From your local politics And not just local politics right. But local social and cultural um, Interactions We we must begin to We we talk about you know I hear a lot of nations We talk about the so called original panthers At the People's Black Panther Party We call them third development We believe in the development of waves of Panthers, we call them third development, but for you know a more common reference, they're called original. So we'll go with original. So everyone know what I'm talking about. And I am always amazed at how people get caught up in the, um, or they romanticize the character, or the imagery, or the so-called um, you know what is overt, overtly known about the so-called original Panther Party, and don't look at the interworkings of their program and their goals, aims, and objectives. When you talk about the original Panthers, when you talk about teaching a people self-sufficiency and independence, it wasn't just about having a food program to feed the homeless. A lot of us have feed the homeless programs. They will feed the people, and along with the grits came sufficient political education to start to encourage the people to galvanize and to organize and to mobilize around independence and and, um, African determination to do for themselves. They were spend on They were continuations of what Malcolm was, and Malcolm was a continuation of what the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey was, which was self determination and African people being able to rise up and depend on themselves and be self sufficient and independent. This is what I think that we miss out. We start to emulate and start to try to um, take on like the Red Cross and start to try to compete with the government. In uh, uh, um, helping the people that is not going to be realistic The government will always be able to out-resource you But our our reward Our winning comes comes in that glow That wonderful feeling that the revolutionary And not just the revolutionary But the average everyday proletariat The average brother and sister Begins to feel when they see that they can do it on themselves It's Mm -hmm. like a baby taking that first step and smiling at you once they realize that they're walking on their own without any assistance when that man or that woman begins to realize that they can take care of their own, not just their immediate family, but their community, and that their people are starting to rise and advance and starting to be looked at in a different light and starting to be held on a different level and respected in a whole different manner to see the look on that person's face, the pride of being African. You should have seen the look on, and for those of us, even if we didn't agree with um, President Barack Obama's politics, the pride you had in and when an African man uh, had taken seat in such a prestigious, in white America anyway, such a prestigious seat, the pride that you felt at that particular time in being black, or not so, listen, we can speak about recently, the pride you felt mm-hmm. in a movie, the black to have a movie, the very pride you felt in a movie to have a black action hero, you know, um... Brought to fruition on camera on large screen, and the Black Panther and his whole very name and persona. The pride you felt in being African and the um, um, energy you put into even just going to a movie, once this is translated to the masses of people, we will begin to see a shift in the dynam- dynamic of society. But I think that a lot of our organizations are losing their goals and their vision of what they want for the people. Sister um, Queen K. Mack, hold the lines. I have five minutes. Okay. I want to go back to our phone lines again. Let's open up our phone lines in a, a couple minutes, and I can give you, brother. A hey, couple minutes. I believe this is Brother Kevin again, 505 9899. Yes, yes sir. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. The forum, I love it. I took a break from Blog Talk for a minute. So if it feels good to talk with some folks that uh, they get it. You know, they get it. And I dig yes, that. Um, real quick, I just wanted to say I had a conversation with uh, one of my brothers about integration. And I had, you know, I just posed the question. I was like, why is it that. We uh we want to move into a neighborhood rather than just build a neighborhood,
0: right?
2: right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I right, mean we can do that. Right. We we can do that.
3: What? You know, we spent two trillion dollars. I think we can we can build some neighborhoods. I just recently watched the documentary on Tulsa again because mm-hmm. I watch these things repeatedly. You know. Yeah. Um, and it, and it bugs me that that we're just so busy trying to fit into something that they don't yes. want us in, and we don't want to be if in. They anywhere. don't
0: want us in, right? Well, we right. don't want to be
2: in it, really. In our core, do you right. really want to be in this? <laughs> I
3: mean, right. don't you want yeah. to be able to go outside and take a walk and know that you're not going to be profiled because of your skin? Absolutely. Yes. I'm just Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. You know, and and the thing is, is that you know, I keep telling people, our unification is their biggest nightmare.
0: Yes, but they don't yeah. have to
3: worry because we're not trying to unify. We You're say it, right, but we don't say. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do it. We we keep shitting on each other and finding reasons to not talk to each other. And then we, we you mm-hmm. know we want to show all how uh, how uh how level we are and how we're in the middle. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the middle anymore. I'm not an extremist, and I'm not calling for anybody to die. But how are we gonna do this without blood? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I don't think that you, you know, it's extremism to tell people to defend themselves. And that's by any and all means necessary, that you have the right to, even their their so-called founding father, the one that they ascribed to, and they love to death, Thomas Jefferson. He says in his Declaration of Independence that every human being is entitled to inalienable rights, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's no way that you can have them if you're constantly under the fear and the threat of death. I think that every living creature has a right to self-preservation. And um, like you said, we don't call, we don't
4: incite to
3: senseless violence or to random uh, violence or anything like that. But we're saying that every human being has a right to preserve themselves and a right to preserve their property and their family. Right, we, and we know that as African people, we're being targeted for no other reason that that we're descendants of African people, and that we are African people, and we're melanated people. So we're saying that we must rise exactly. up, and that is in the physical, um, the physical defense of ourselves, and also the, what I don't want us to forget in our last two minutes is the social, cultural, economic, and political advancement and preservation of the African race
2: You see what I'm saying? Fight is not sure. a
3: fight. Limited. We must get out of our neo-colonialist thinking And one of the way one of the concepts of neocolonialist thinking is what they call primacy, thinking that something is superior to another. And when you're in a fight, there are no rules of fighting. We don't let people say, "Oh, he's dying. He's pulling my hair. He's gouging my eyes. Listen, in a fight, everything is fair game. So if you have people that are willing to fight along civil lines, I necessarily don't agree with a civil, uh, civil issues, but if they're fighting to gain our civil rights, then I'm not going to stop them from fighting for the advancement of the cause of the African people. I may not join in that particular aspect of the fight, but I'm not going to stop them. And if you fight political, economic, educational, social, cultural, any way that you are fighting to advance, African people, I think, should be encouraged. And I encourage you in my last minute. I encourage you to continue to fight,
0: continue to to struggle,
3: continue to drive for the advancement, the liberation, the empowerment of African people in America. Remember my saying to you that communally, and collectively, there is nothing, nothing that we can't accomplish. But individualism, separation only ensures a certain doom and a certain demise. With that, I thank everyone for coming on. Brother Kevin, man, listen, I'm looking forward to you next week, brother. Next
1: Tuesday at 8. Well, you got you my Tuesday number
3: there, brother. Hit me up.
6: <laughs>
1: you yeah, got sorry, my number, so hit me up
3: so back Like always, I'm glad that you came on If I a man, you know I love it when you come on Chairman um, Hakeem And everybody came on, Chairman Work, Everybody came on that contributed to this collective To this string tank on Tuesday and I thank you and I leave you as I always greet you And that's with all power to the people All power to oppressed people African power to an African people And black power
4: Black power
3: brother. Peace
2: Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things. is son did. pure, like a cup of virgin blood, Mix with 151, one sip, will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood, politics, acknowledging, Leave bodies, chopped up in garbage. seeds, watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police, watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one I just Could it be? My time is up With my love I got up The cops shot again Bust stop glass Burst a fiend Drops a Heineken Ricocheting between The spots that I'm hiding in Blacking out I shoot back Fuck getting hit This is my hood I'm a rat To the death of it To everybody Come on Little niggas It's grown Hood rats Don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon Shit from the stars Sun and the moon And it's like a police chaser Street sweepers and coppers Sick of kids with no conscience Leaving victims with doctors If you really think You are ready to die but now out. This is what time about Niggas, nigga. The time is All I need is one mic. One mic. One mic. all I need. Is one mic. All, I need. all I need is one mic. One mic. One mic. All I need, niggas. All I need is one mic, one mic. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. It's 33 shots from twin glocks. and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your full. Six winners it you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never gets shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is spare. Niggas roll up shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is Tasting revenge in the air I let this shit slide for too many years Too many times now I'm strapped with a couple of Macs Too many nines If y'all niggas really with me Get busy, load up the simmies Do more than just hold it Explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way They bust, we bust, they rust, we rust Let's fly and feel it I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to the war Lie them down Cause we stronger now My nigga, the time is now All I need is one mic, one mic. One mic. That's, all I need. That's all I need That's all I need All I need is one mic one All I need is one mic. That's all I need to do is stay, no. All I need is one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man What I stand for speak for a judge They don't understand I want to see me on top Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit The same way these bitches do Wonder what my secrets is Niggas to move on you only if they know What your weakness is, I have none Too late to grab guns, I'm blasting Cause I'm a fool nigga Thought I wouldn't have that ass done Fool you niggas, what you call an infinite brawl Eternal souls clashing War gets deep, some beats is everlasting Complete with dick claws Brothers wiping each other up in prison yards Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause got they working complaints Bitches left me cause they thought I was finished Should've knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sentence, diamonds are blinding. I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurting. we were telling police, how can a kingpin squeal This is crazy, I'm on the right track, am Finally found You need some soul searching And time is now. All I need is one mic All I need is one mic That's all I ever needed in this world Fuck cash All I need is one mic Fuck the cars The jewelry All I need is one mic Spread my voice to the whole world